The SV Pod is presented by DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. SV Pod is presented by DraftKings. How are you? Scott and Stanford Steve with you. How are you, big boy? Hi, buddy. <laughs> How are we doing? Good? Yeah. Can't complain. How are you doing? Memorial Day in the rear view. You posted a picture on Twitter of you just eating beers in your flag and your mask. They tasted good. They tasted really good. It was good to be outside. Did you get wrecked? No. Little? No. I got my kids. We all do. Do you know how many beers it takes me to get wrecked? I've seen it, and it took, <laughs> and I got there late, and you'd been going all day. So yeah, I mean, wrecked. Yeah, wrecked is a relative term. Yeah, we got kids involved here, man. I understand. Well, I understand. Can I, can I ask what the number is for Steve? Then it's got to be a mixture of things, and there has to be like over twenty beers. Yeah, that's that. He's that guy. Like he's that he's that Andre the Giant guy. Like he could just eat beers like anybody else eats a cracker, and nothing happens. He's Wayne Boggs. How do I? Uh, your buddies were sending me texts that there could be a possible uh, water waterfront happy hour down in Georgetown or something like that. Is it nice down there? When we what move, are you talking about in general, like yeah, like a standing date. No, yeah, just like that, no. Everybody, all the guys are going to go hang out, have like a happy hour together. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's going to – I mean, listen, you're moving down ahead of me, and yet they like you more than they like me anyway. <laughs> so by the time I get there, they'll be like, oh, literally on the text chain last week it said, oh, good, at least I'll finally have an ESPN person here that I like. That's from one of my – that's a guy who was with me in my wedding and I was in his. That's what we got on the text chain. So I don't know. You guys have fun at your little happy hour. I'm not invited. I, you, it was not on my. I was. You're invited. No, here's the deal. You're invited. You just won't come. That's what it is. One thousand percent. I keep. No. Well, you know what? In fairness, I keep telling them when they send these group text chains. Hey, I can't wait to not go to this when I live there. Guess what? I'm, moving, I'm moving home to be closer to family and friends, and then I'm just gonna be like, ah, you know, it's easy, you know, like fantasy football draft at, at our buddy's bar at H's bar. I'm not no going way. to that. I gotta be at home. I gotta have access to my intel. You think I'm going down there with those idiots? No. No, the worst thing is you're gonna be down the street at work that night. No, no, I take off work for the fantasy football draft. That's a true story. (laughs) Embarrassing. Hey, we might have football. I was gonna say, that's a great thought right there. Yeah, look, I mean, I, you know, you got, you got Ross from the Dolphins saying, yeah. I've been in touch with some of the people that I know uh, in front offices that they're like, yeah, like if we if, if there's no fans, there's no fans. But like we're they're gonna they're gonna do it. They're gonna you've been mocking. I haven't mocked because I'm just not in that Merrill. I'm not in that headspace yet where I'm ready to start figuring out you know like J.K. Dobbins touches. I'm not there. Okay. Yeah, right. I gotta get. I gotta. <laughs> by the way, what are you thinking about? Like where are we? Like is that an Ingram? Is that an Ingram Dobbins share? They got Gus there. My guy Gus. He was a pickup last year in some deep leagues. They they got a lot of toys to play with. They that is a fact. I saw some. This is right around the time you start getting those emails if you if you subscribe <laughs> to like fantasy football things like Miles Boykin ready to break out. And you're like, yeah, let me make a little note there. Maybe I'll grab Boykin yeah. in a late round grab and stash situation. And then the draft comes and you just it's mayhem. You got papers everywhere. Somebody takes somebody you want in front of you. By the way. This is the guy that, how many years ago was it that I mocked anybody that was in fantasy football? 
Like, All of them? It's been, it's been like seven years now, probably. Yeah. Maybe longer. I have I have it's as big a change as you can No, because I don't think... Yeah. Rosillo didn't see you with full full fantasy no, I don't think he has mindset. That yeah, that's thank God. Well, what happened is I stopped. I, <laughs> as gambling's become more legal, I've stopped being a degenerate. It's really interesting. It's a fascinating yeah. thing. When I had no money, I was gambling like trying to win it, and now I'm 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 not a rich guy, but I'm okay. And now I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're good. Let's just play fantasy, you know. So anyway, uh, that was. I don't know what we were talking about. Oh, football. There's going to be football. And the yeah. reason we think there's going to be football is because their owners are saying there's going to be football. Meanwhile, the NHL comes out on Tuesday of this week, and they're like, yeah, we're coming back. And you're like, awesome. We do this segment on the show sometimes called Headline or Storyline, which came from our radio days. Mm-hmm. If you're not familiar, Headline is something you see on a web page. You're like, ooh, that's I'll click on that. Well, then you look for the story in it, and there's no storyline. It's just a headline. Well, the storyline to the headline is they don't know when they're playing. Yeah. They don't know where they're playing. And and so with that in mind, reached out to John Carlson from the Caps. They started off like a house of fire. And they got this a little bit there. Bruins have been better. Um, Flyers have been really good. A bunch of different teams in the, in the East have been kind of caught and past the Caps, who for a, a time there looked as good as anybody. Uh, but reached out to John Carlson to find out sort of what do we know? Where are they – when are they going to find out a little bit more? And the most important question for all of these guys, which is, have they had any ice time? There's a conversation with the Caps defenseman. John Carlson, Washington Capitals defenseman, kind enough to join us with news that the NHL is coming back. We don't know when, we don't know where, but we know they're coming back. And the most important thing to start with, John, is when the last time that you skated was. I remember uh, pretty vividly being in a, a morning meeting we played Detroit that night, and we were going through some film, and our PR uh, staff came in and kind of told us the, the lowdown and everything was getting shut down. So that probably was just over two months ago, I would say. It's uh, unprecedented times for sure for everyone, but uh, it certainly is the biggest hurdle, I would say, uh, for us players getting back to, to competing. You're talking to two guys. My guy, Stanford Steve, now, like, he played tight end at Stanford, so he's an athlete. I was your classic, you know, decent suburban athlete. Neither of us in our entire lives have ever put skates on our feet. So we, Never. we don't know how, we don't know how to skate to begin with, but you guys, like, this is how you make your living. And help me and Steve understand when you haven't done what you have to do for your job in that long, how long it takes to get your legs back. It's going to take a little bit. I mean, a, a typical summer, uh, for me, um, would be working out for a couple months, and then I would probably have six weeks, five weeks um, of skating, just skating in, in August uh, up until camp in September. So that's kind of my norm. I know guys, some guys do a lot less. Some guys skate the whole summer. It's different for everyone. But it definitely takes a good three weeks to, to get your, your, your skates on. And again, it's, it doesn't matter how hard you train. You could be training four, five, six months in the summer that first day of training camp or the first day you get back on the ice, you, you do not feel good. And that's, uh, like I said, that's a huge hurdle that uh, some places, some people are, are able to have access to ice. Uh, I'm in D.C. We don't, all the rinks are, are shut down. They're not letting anybody in. So uh, that that is, uh, you know, I, I guess the biggest concern um, from a lot of the players' standpoint. What's the quickest thing to come back? Handling the puck. I mean, the, the first couple of days you're out there, you really can't handle the puck too much. but that really comes back to almost, you know, 
almost form, I would say, pretty quickly after the first week. You really will get the will get a grip on things with that. But yeah, the skating and the conditioning. No matter how hard you run, how hard you bike, when you get out there, it's it's still different. And that's um, you know, that's what we're all trying to prepare ourselves for right now, whether it's mentally or actually physically, to, to be able to hit the ground running. You can imagine doing what me and Steve are doing. I mean, we're doing Sports Center with no sports, so we hear NHL is coming back, and we're like. Yeah, like this, let's go. We're so excited. But then I'm looking, I'm like, all right, well, when is it? Where is it? And it doesn't sound like we know the answers yet. Gary Bettman talked on, on with uh, Russo on Wednesday. Um, and we're, you know, getting a little bit more clarity on some things. But, like, what do you know right now about the whens and the wheres? There's definitely a lot of excitement. It seems like a, a real kind of news flashy moment. It, in reality, it's probably not that. Uh, not that positive as most people think there's a lot of a lot of work to be done a lot of protocols a lot of uh travel and we got a lot of europeans more than any any other sports uh league i would say that that need to find a way back over here and quarantine or whatever the the protocols that they're going to put in place i think um it's definitely shows that we do want to play we you know as players as the league we want to get something done to to be able to do this as safe as possible but there's a lot, a uh, lot more to go into it before we can even see the, the inside of the training room. So, I, I'm, from what I'm hearing, I think uh, beginning, beginning or mid part of June, we'll be able to hopefully have access to ice in, in your home cities in DC for the Caps, um, and that will kind of kick off uh, voluntary workouts until uh, sometime in July that we would maybe have enough testing, enough uh, of the protocols cleared by people way above my head that that know things that, um, <laughs> we can start a training camp john uh Bettman said approximately 17 percent of the players in the league are outside of north america right now How, what, what are those guys doing are you guys all like on the same workout plan like well like, as, as like with the news of yesterday has has there been communication that way um yeah i think everyone's in contact with with each other, I think we have a bunch of Swedish guys. They're back home. Their their ranks are open in Sweden, um, okay. Czech Republic. Uh, we have a bunch of those uh, on our team, and, and they're um, they're skating again for the past couple weeks. Obviously, Sweden didn't close down, so they've skated as much as they they've wanted <laughs> to up until this point. But um, yeah, I think a few other cities in the U.S. are kind of you're going to be able to find some ice here and there, but certainly others are, are delayed or or just don't have access depending on where you live if you're not in your your home city. So strength and conditioning coach has been a busy guy trying to manipulate everyone's uh, programs for, you know, I can't go to a gym, so I was able to get some equipment in in short uh, order to to be able to work out at home and do do what I can to to be ready. It's been difficult, though. How mad are coaches going to be at conditioning? Yeah, uh, I don't think uh, I don't think they're going to be able to to be in the facility at first when we first get on the ice. So that's probably a, a good thing. But uh, I think everyone knows the the situation is uh, hasn't been seen before, and it's easy, uh, you know, when one guy's out for an injury during the year, take a couple mm. months off due to due to something, and kind of come back and fit in with everyone else. But when everyone's kind of in the same boat, it's gonna going to look a lot different than it did uh, two and a half months ago, that's for sure. John, you got a young family, and I think everybody 
respects and appreciates, especially like, like right now, we're kind of all been in the same boat, right? Like everybody's sort of been at home, hunkering down, trying to get through some stuff. And it's time to get back to work, and I'm sure you guys are excited about that. But I think it's a lot to ask of anyone to go to some hub and just say to your wife and your kids, Dad's got to go. We'll be back when the playoffs are done. Like, that's that's insane to me. I think that that ask is unreasonable. Do, do you have a sense at all of what, like, is it a bubbly kind of situation? Is it like, what what do you know about that part of it? We're learning more every day as, as kind of talks continue. Like I said, it about the news flashy moment I, I don't think it's uh it's as press releasey as it as it has uh shown up throughout the the news i would say uh yeah that's a lot to ask the players i have two young kids other people are in different situations some you know the europeans are their families coming back because they're going to be here for at least two three weeks for training camp but then they're are they going to fly back across the pond to to be here for two weeks and then we just go off somewhere else for a really extended period of time, uh, potentially. It's it's a difficult thing to to ask and difficult for each individual. Everyone's going through something different, and um, I think that shows that a lot of guys right now are, are interested in this um, proposal, interested in uh, resuming uh, play in under these kind of circumstances. But, um, you know, certain things like are we going to go for a week and a half and come home for a couple days at least? Mm-hmm. How is that? going to affect the testing protocols there's a lot to, a lot to be decided upon and i'm ready to play hockey um it's certainly going to suck for for my family when when i have to go away it's not like we're home all the time during a, a normal season anyways right now at some point you come home like dad comes home you unpack the bags and at least you get to reacquaint yourself with your your spouse and your kids so like the, like how does this get sorted i mean you forgive my ignorance here but like Obviously, that you, know, you got PA and you, the Players Association. You guys hunker down. And you try to figure things out collectively. But I got to imagine. I mean, everybody's got their own sort of ideas here. I just, I don't understand. It feels like feels like cat herding. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you get all the players yeah. on the same page? At this point in, in the conversations, I think it's what's a, a possibility that we can actually play. What what are what are the circumstances going to be like for us to safely resume? And you kind of start from there, and then you know, try to wiggle yourself um, maybe a, a couple days at home or, or whatever. That's kind of we're, – we're trying to figure out what's definitely going to work right now and then kind of see how you can you can tinker with it a little bit to make it approachable to bring, uh, you know, to bring to everybody, I would say. So um, everybody's going to have a different opinion on it, and that's kind of, you know, I guess commonplace nowadays. Have you thought about the idea of playing in an empty rink? Yeah, that's that's an easy one. I think there's there all the other logistics to me are are burdensome in in some way, uh, shape or form. Mm-hmm. I think that one's. I mean, it's going to be weird, no doubt. But I think at, at the end of the day, we're we're competitors. We we see these guys, we line up against them, and don't like a lot of them as it is. So it's not going to take much to to kind of uh, ramp yourself up. But I, I as a player, you only. You know, some people's careers are shorter than others, but none of them are long enough, it seems. So um, we'll, we'll, there's a lot of, you know, will to, to try to finish this thing and get a chance to win. There's there's only so many chances players get throughout their careers, and guys, uh, guys want to take that chance, and, and so do I, that's for sure. John, a lot has been said about, you know, trash talking on the ice. Uh, I know other leagues have talked about, you know, 
players might be a little worried about the language that's heard on the court if there are no fans. How 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 are players feeling about that? With 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 everything going to be heard a lot more with these empty arenas, possibly. I haven't put much thought into it. I, I could say that maybe everyone, everyone's gonna, we're gonna definitely have a uh, a kind of sit down meeting uh, and watch mm-hmm. a video of what what to say and what not to say. I would say everybody uh, man- mandatory mouthpieces. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you're definitely gonna have to be weary of that. I don't know. Um, they've talked about miking a lot more players up, but usually that stuff uh, is kind of it's not live, and they can filter through um, filter through the stuff as the game's going on and play it at intermissions or what have you. Yeah, I think you'd need to give yourself a little wiggle room with that. I, I found it interesting just as far as the logistics of it with, uh, again, Commissioner Bepper was on with uh, with Russo and Mad Dog Radio and saying, like, as for the as for reseeding, as for the format, like, he's up for whatever you guys are up for. I think that's, that's interesting to me as far as, like, reseeding. Everybody's got their own ideas. Like, wh- what do you think uh, in terms of, like, reseeding as you go along? I think that's a lawyer speaking, um, if I'm being honest with you guys. Uh, I, I okay. think there's definitely, there's definitely with 24 teams, there's, there has to be difference of, of opinion in, in terms of specific teams. I mean, if you're one of the top four teams, you're going to think a lot differently of, of how reseeding works and, and the playing games work and all that. But, um, I would, I would say that, uh, we just, once you get to the to the eight teams on each side, you you play it like normal. I think that's that's all you can really ask for. You you want to keep this thing with as much integrity as it has in years past. Uh, obviously, it's going to be different, but um, certainly I, I need to see a seven game series if you're going to call it the playoffs. Yeah, and it was interesting. Who was it? Was it? It was Duchesne the other day that was talking about like the COVID cup and an asterisk of this or that. And you'd know so much better than me. But I just if you win sixteen games, man. All right. If you win 16 games, then that's the Stanley Cup winner. 2020 has an asterisk, period. This year has an asterisk. I just can't see how winning 16 games of Stanley Cup playoff hockey, wherever it's played, if it's an empty arena, I I don't see what about that would be viewed differently by anybody. How do you see that, John? No, yeah. uh, I won't be viewed any differently to me. I I can say that. there's so much that goes into it. We've put in so much work, you know, nearing that playoff time of the regular season. There's a lot, a lot of work that goes in from the coaches, trainers, everyone around us, um, you know, to kind of make that push to the playoffs. And we're all dealing with the same thing. And there's nothing, there's no tactical advantage of one team versus the next. I mean, if you're feeling good about your, your team, your self play before yeah it, it stinks to, to kind of stop that momentum but we're all dealing with the same thing we're all we're all going to come back and play hockey for the same reason and that and the only reason is to win and and that's kind of easy for me to to you know attack it the same way i would if it was under normal circumstances and um whoever wins is certainly not going to say there's there's some asterisk next to next to the championship i can promise that you guys were red hot at the start. It feels like Boston and, you know, Philly, like there's been Tampa Bay. There have been times that a bunch of the teams that are what the, the top four have, have been spectacular. Now everybody hits the reset button. Is there, is there some part of it for the caps where you, it could 
in theory, in theory be beneficial? I mean, like hitting a reset button and starting this all over again. I know you can't know the answer necessarily because who the hell knows what it looks like when you get there. But I guess what I'm really asking is, is there some benefit for you all to kind of put whatever the start was in the rear view and just focus on what this furious finish will be? Yeah, uh, definitely for, for our team, I would say that this wouldn't have really been too detrimental in terms of a break at at the time that it came either. Um, so for us, I, I would definitely say, yeah, it's definitely not going to hurt us to, to come back and new emotion, new uh, new mojo, and kind of hash things out ourselves during the, the training camp and, and, and figure our game going into this, uh, this abbreviated kind of uh, play in before the playoffs started. So same thing with before every team, uh, in their situation, are going to feel differently about that. But I do think that the overall format right now um, that they did put out is, is pretty advantageous for everybody. Ovi had a baby this morning. Is, if you guys had practice tonight, would he be there? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I don't know. It's usually uh, a guarantee if it's a practice day that uh, that you're not going to be there. It's I'm I'm lucky I haven't had to uh, to miss either of my uh, my two boys, uh, but uh, my second one was born um, in the playoffs. We were playing Pittsburgh, and it just so happened we never really get two days off in between, and and that was kind of when it happened. And it was uh, I was certainly very very happy to, to to take that in because during playoffs is is a whole different story on whether you're going to miss a game or not. I would say. Uh, you did three years of high school in Jersey, and I want to touch on Jersey in a second. And then you went to Indianapolis for your final year, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Did you did you know that whole time that you were going to be leaving for that year? Yeah, I, I think I had a pretty good feeling um, that I was going to play in the USHL and, and do all that. The year before, I, I, I don't know, I'm not familiar with all the rules, but I actually got kind of, <laughs> I guess you could call it a call-up. But uh, okay. I got flew into Indiana and played uh, played a couple weekend games and then flew back home. So I kind of had, you know, a feel for for what was going to happen, and it was a big time big time move. People move away earlier, but for me as a 17 year old moving away from home was was not the not the easiest uh, easiest thing on my family. Maybe a little easier than on me than my mom. She'll tell uh, she'll definitely tell a different story about that one. All right, speaking of your family and your mom and your aunts, I heard a story a while ago you told when you had to, when they had the players over to your family's house in Jersey before you played the Devils. Can you tell the people about your family, what kind of dinner they wanted, and then what Ovi asked your aunt for when this uh, pasta was served? So my mom, you know, big Italian family, dinners for 20, 30, 40 people are, are pretty commonplace in, in my upbringing. Uh-huh. So originally when they asked, they were like, oh, you, do you want to bring the team over? Uh, I was like, yeah, I'll see what, what everyone's doing. You know, that would, that would be a fun fun thing to have over at my aunt's house because it was closest to, to where we were staying in Short Hill. So uh, at the time, you know, we all walk in, have some wine, have some, some good food, and the, the pasta portion actually just had come out, and, and uh, Ovi went up to my aunt and was like, <laughs> Hey, hey, excuse me. Do you guys have any ketchup? And, oh, no. and I can still picture my aunt's face. The, the look that she gave him of just complete disarray. Like she didn't even know what to say back to him. 
They're like, well, we didn't make French fries. Like, what do you need ketchup for? <laughs> Obviously, she was way more polite than that, but I'm sure that's what was going through, going through her head uh, at the time. And you that, can't that's ask. Definitely a, a great memory that uh, that my family still talks about all the time. Uh, Ovi asking for ketchup. <laughs> Oh my God! You can't ask for ketchup, like in, in, in any self-respecting Italian household. Like that—that's like that's an affront to the whole meal, man. But it's Ovi, and he—he he is fascinating. That guy is such a wagon in so many respects. Like he, what he seems like from the outside looking in, John, is like we all had that kid in our neighborhood, and you might have been that kid, and Steve probably was too. But there's that kid that, like, if a if a ball got caught in a tree, he could just climb the tree like a bear. Or he could ride a bike and he could like jump, like you try to jump over like a milk crate and he could jump over a house. Like he just feels like he's mythical and he plays a billion miles an hour and it's 15 years and he's still going a million miles an hour and he basically plays every game every year. Like how do you describe what that guy is? Because he seems like a force and freak of nature. Yeah, no, in everything he does, it's it's incredible that, you know, even five years ago, everyone started talking about him. Oh, he's not. His shot's gonna lose steam. His skating's gonna lose steam. He's not gonna play physical. He is playing every bit like he was when he first came into the league. I would say, and that's that's an incredible testament to him. But certainly, he is. Uh, he's an individual that can can really uh, make you laugh. He can. He's an athlete. He comes from an athletic family. Both his both of his parents were were athletes, and you can see him just being able to adapt to to anything he does and. Uh, it, it's been fun to watch. I, I don't think that uh, that I really uh, take in, in, into account enough how lucky I am to, to play my whole career with him, just being able to see him firsthand and what he's been able to accomplish. It's It's been a treat, and I think it'll take a couple of years after I retire to really you know, talk to my kids about what it was like to, to play with him. It's pretty special and, and something um, you know I answer a lot to, but maybe don't uh, give enough credit or, or say how lucky I am to do it. Does he need to get to Gretzky's number for people to to view him as accurately as maybe history ought to? I mean, that's out there. I mean, I think you can do the math and you can see the path that, that he's on. And, you know, I mean, Gretzky himself talks about when he breaks it, not if he breaks it. I just, I wonder if, if, if that has to happen or if it's another cup or just sort of how how history ultimately remembers a guy like that. Yeah, I think at the time he came into the league, um, being as brash as he was, as outspoken, as colorful as he is, I think a lot of he didn't garner as many fans as uh, he should have. Uh, it's a different different era in hockey now than when he did come in. But yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of people, um, you know, kind of old hockey folk that that never will give him enough credit just because of who he is and. You know, a Russian player coming over to overtake Gretzky. Uh, yeah, I, that's my feeling. That's but I, I do think that uh, it would be nice to to not have to answer any of those questions for him, just based on um, kind of the criticism he's received over his career. But what do they say in sports, man? Put on the tape. You know what I mean? Just put push play <laughs> yeah. on the tape. And t- tell me what you're tell me what you're poking holes, and that's why when you guys won, there's I was happy for a million reasons. Um, and, and you know, I, I was lucky enough to be in the building for Game Four, and, and um, I, I'll never forget just the the, the the frenzy of excitement that was around you guys, which was incredible. Uh, but but for, to be able to win, like now, everyone can just we can beat me because we can't cuss. But I have to say it, like shut the f- up. 
about what I'm not. Like it's ridiculous to 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 frame anything about him as a great player for not having won one. So when he got that cup and you saw him just waiting to put it above his head, I mean, John, what do you remember about that moment? What do you remember about that night in Vegas? Yeah, it was just wild. I, I just think it's <laughs> a dream come true, all the catchphrases that you can imagine. But, yeah, like like I said with the scoring record and all that, just to see everything that he's overcome, and my, myself included for – for some of those years, the you know great team, so much disappointment, so much failure, so much criticism. Um, to be able to kind of put everything to bed and, and to do something that you've always wanted to do at the same time, it's pretty special. I, I still think about it all the time. Uh, my kids ask me about it. They see the pictures around the house. They my my oldest remembers being at the parade and all that, being at the game. Just incredible memories that will last a lifetime, but. And for me, you know, and to see him and to see his emotion, it was just crystal clear everything that a hockey player can ever dream of. You saw it in his eyes. The first one is unlike any other. I haven't won more than one, but um, you can definitely tell the difference (laughs) to the first one. John, who was drunkest the longest? (laughs) I think the captain might win that one. Won that word, uh, the con for, for partying as well. <laughs> it's pretty easy, as, a I would say. as a Washingtonian, like when I saw you in the fountains by Tony and Joe's, that's when I was like, oh boy, this is. And like for people that don't know, Cafe Milano is like an uber high end CNB scene, fancy schmancy place. And you guys were in there in your t shirts, probably reeking like hobos singing We Are the Champions. And I mean, that. That that parade of yours, like the parade was one thing, but you guys made a, a parade through that town that was astounding. I mean, just, I don't know if like if the boys would drop out for a night and catch up and get sleep. Like, I don't, what do you remember about that portion of the of the celebration? Yeah, yeah, that, that was probably one of my favorite days. We, we started uh, at the Nationals game that, that particular day. I remember that. Speaking of, um, you know, and then we kind of just went through town on our own and, we're all ripped shirts I and mean, people were ripping each other's shirts off there. It was, it was incredible uh, <laughs> that we didn't, get, I guess we weren't going to get kicked out of anywhere, but it was incredible. The things that were going on and, and just showing up to cafe Milano people in suit and ties and here comes us in shorts and you know, ripped jerseys, t-shirts, flip-flops, beer, beer covered, beer soaked hats. I, we and we, had a great meal and uh, and kept the rodeo going and I think that's kind of one one of the craziest best kind of moments being in a town and seeing how much everyone gets to appreciate it from every different angle whether you're in a suit whether you're you know walking around town and we were just cruising you know walking through the streets with the Stanley Cup no security just us it was it was incredible to see everyone's face as they you know, going to work, coming back from work, and and here twenty guys are, thirty guys walking down the street with the Stanley Cup, um, having a great time. It, it's it's incredible. I get a kick out of the relationship that you guys and the Nationals have too, because you, you, as you point out, that that insane day in D.C. You were at the Nationals game, and then you you blazed a path through town, and it's like you guys had their backs on their championship run, like. I, I know it's not the same as winning, but just how much did you guys celebrate in them and the way they celebrated in you? Yeah, we were uh, 
we were watching all the games. Um, we, we were getting suites on the road so that everyone could kind of get together if we were uh, in a hotel that day to, to mm-hmm. watch the games that night if we didn't play and keeping up. Those guys have always been great to us my whole career, really. They're, they're probably the, the one franchise in town that we would see the most of, whether it was going to their games or them meeting us after or them coming to our games and vice versa. So it, it meant a lot. It was easy to, to really celebrate. It was our Halloween party that night um, that they won. So we, we kind of had a good lather going um, going into it and certainly a great nightcap to, to boot. So, yeah, I think the culture of, of sports in D.C. has just been amazing, the, the difference from – 10, 12 years ago when, when I first started uh, coming to camps here. And um, it, it's special to see. So me and my boy, are, we're showing back up at a good time. We're heading down. We're heading to yeah. bring those, bringing our rodeo down to town at a good time. We're, lo- we're looking forward to getting down there come summertime. Yeah, we're looking forward to having you guys. We can't wait till you get here. We will be there shortly, and uh, we'll we'll be the two bald idiots in uh, in cap sweaters somewhere in the building, hooting and hollering. Uh, maybe I don't know. I'm, I'm not asking, but like the you know, I remember Scherzer for Game Four. He was the guy getting things wound up for that uh, during that before the playoff game. He was out of his mind, but he's he was in one. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah. he's an aggressive cat, man. That guy's got love him. afraid. But we'll we'll be in the he's building serious. sharing the boys on. <laughs> and, uh, listen, thanks for the time, and uh, it, it's it's really interesting to hear that you don't know what we don't know, but it sounds like we'll find out together in time, and stay safe, and uh, the best to your family. Good luck with uh, with everything once you guys get back out there doing your thing, all right? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. I wish I could have given you some more firm details, but when I know, uh, you guys will know, that's for sure. I'll never not love that Caps 18 summer what they did in that town. And as you get, as you move down there, Steve, and you go to those uh, Georgetown happy hours with my friends that I'm not invited to, you'll see that fountain down there on the waterfront. That, You're like, oh, this is where, this is where these main acts are going. I was going to tell him that. I was like, I just can't wait to walk downtown. I've, the last time I was there, I was in eighth grade for a class trip. Like, I just can't wait to walk around and be like, oh, yeah, that's the fountain Obi was in. That's the bar they were in with the cup. Like, that. I, that's how I'm going to go about the landmarks. Got to take wifey to Cafe Milano and wear like your fancy gear and just and just laugh at the menu. They got they got like small plates. You like nah, nah. like bring nine like tapas them. like tapas. Uh, yeah, we prefer, you know small plates. That's just right. that's that's a more pretentious way of putting things. Oh no, we got have it. Small, we have small plates. Um, and you do that thing where you shake your glass and bonk <laughs> it on the table to let them know you're empty, and you just wave your cup at them, let them know to bring you more. But look, the headline. The headlines we're playing, the storyline is, here's a guy, one of the best players on one of the best teams, and he's like, man, there's so much to figure out here. And so, like, I admire the NHL putting it out there that they're going to play, but the de- the devil's in the details, and right now the details are nobody knows what bleep's going on, and, hey, Travis, see, I self-bleeped there, so you didn't have to do it later. You're welcome. But nobody knows right now what's going on, and that's why as we wait for the NBA to, to define things a little bit more clearly. What's fascinating is how the NFL gets to just stand back and let everybody else do their bidding for them. It always works out for the NFL. They go virtual. Free agency is a big hit. They go virtual with the draft. And now they get to let all these other leagues kind of tap down any obstacles in front of them. Be like, you guys do all the stuff that doesn't work. We'll sit back and wait and not do that. And then we'll just tiptoe. We'll step over you guys and be like, oh, hello, here we are. Football is back. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and I just keep the, I, it. Just feels like Scott. Like we have our count. Cal- you have our show calendar, right? Like, all right, we have our color coded, and the guys do a great job with that. So you know, we know what days and months we're working. You know, as far out as we can. <laughs> September is mayhem. mayhem. Every sport is there. Every yeah, sport. Golf, yeah, a- horse racing, like the the, the Kentucky Derby's on Labor Day weekend. It's I mean, nuts. It, it's I do I do think that it's like if you've been on if you've been on a diet and and you've you've I wouldn't know. Take it. I wouldn't know about that. Tell me about it. Yeah, but you've done stuff like for like for Lent. You didn't you know, if you didn't eat something, and then like yeah. at the end of it, what like what happens? You just gorge like a maniac. And so after a few months here of us being in this space where we are jonesing for sports and we don't have any, it's it is going to be you'll be like the starving guy at the buffet. Although buffets, maybe I guess that's a bad thing because we won't have them anymore. But mm. what we used to do when we go to buffet, you just grab six of everything, shove them in your face. And it's, it's going to be hard to figure out what's what, but who cares? Give me all of it. I just, I, I don't, I don't feel like John knows. I don't feel like we know because it's clear the NHL doesn't know right now. They yeah. just, and that's okay. That's okay. The fact that they were willing to put their flag in the ground first and say, we're playing. Oh, cool. When and where? Don't know. Don't know, but we're gonna. And I think that that's, that feels like the direction everything is going right now. Um, I just, it'd be nice to know as you and I are heading down south, like, are we going to have school for our little kids? Cause, uh. I hope so. Well, I'll tell you what we're not doing. We're not zooming anymore. Four year old Sam Van Pelt ain't interested in your zoom calls at all. Okay. Remote learning my ass. That's just key. That is just him staring at the screen, waiting until he can go get some lucky charms or worse, getting a cup of lucky charms, spilling them everywhere. Sans the marshmallows, which he has eaten. We oh, need yeah. to be in school. Well, we can learn not to bite people. That's more for his brother. Okay. All right. You ready for some questions? Scott on the spot. <laughs> Slow motion. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. What's the farthest you've let yourself get down the path of thinking about your move? Oh, we're, I'm mentally, I, I, we met with a guy, came through, eyeballed the stuff, figuring out what we got. I mean, um, I, I, having people start figuring out what they're going to take and what, when the dates of it is and all. And then actually my little guy, Sam, who I just mentioned, we're driving in a car and he just out of nowhere, he goes, I can't believe we're going to move. <laughs> and I'm like, is, are you sad? And he goes, yeah, I don't want to move. And I'm like, there's, but there's a pool in the new place. And he goes, yeah, that'll be fun. I'm like, there you go. Let's focus on the positives. So, but here's the thing. You're so much better equipped for dealing with change than me and, and inconvenience than me. Like you're going to just be a trooper and you're going to, you're going to plow through it. I will complain every step of the way about the things that I, I won't have certain things. I won't know where stuff is and I will be miserable to be around. That's what I was trying to get at. Like, have you thought, you've thought about that though? You know, you know, you got some stressful time coming up here. I do. Uh, okay. All right. And, and, and so, um, yeah, what I'm doing is I'm doing what I always do, which is avoid thinking about it. Uh, it's like term papers in college. Ignore it until the night before and then sit down and start writing a bunch oh. of bullshit. Um, I did that lots. But 
when the guys because my wife he asked like well how long is like the, the like boxing up the, the house process like and he's like you know however many days it is and then it's however many days of this and you're like so this is however many days we're disenfranchised and I started thinking well where's Otis the dog gonna be and where what are we gonna do so um yeah that's gonna be just don't just ignore me that week you you, you, you and my friends you that that week you we don't even know you don't know when you're going I think I have an idea okay We'll be down there in August. All right. Giddy up. Scott, on the spot. Question two. I was a putt-putt on hole number 11. <laughs> I tweeted it out. Uh, <laughs> well, it was ambitious. Um, if you have three kids, um, we have a new seven-year-old, we have a four-year-old, and we have a two, almost three-year-old uh, playing putt-putt. And the 11th hole at the Farmington Mini Golf, anybody in the area, Go see him. Lovely folks. Ice cream shop right next door. It's a great doubleheader. We we live there. We played every day of Memorial Day. Um, Charlie only made one trip. Charlie made the first trip. Uh, we got to the 11th hole, and everyone just was in the water. And I mean, their ball was in the water, which meant that they were just playing in the water. And then there are little <laughs> bricks that line the, the hole. Uh, and Charlie... Uh, we were good until Charlie started throwing the bricks in the water. I'm like, I'm look, looking around to see, is anyone noticing that this is happening? It was an overcast day, so we were the only people there. Um, but that was the end of, that was where, where the golf ended. Uh, when, when bricks were thrown into the water, Sam hit it into the water like five times. There's like a ramp to hit it over, and Sam realized if I hit it as hard as I can, it will go flying like 20 feet in the air down, you know, to God knows where. So, I mean, I lost control of the group at 11, you know, as as people on Twitter said, you know, amen corner and stuff. Um, <laughs> 11 is not a – actually, 11 is a water hole. You can hit it in the water on 11. I, I beg your pardon at Augusta National. Uh, but they were they were basically bathing in the water. Um, and, um, yeah, that was uh, that was where we just said, hey. And we couldn't go to the ice cream that day because the ice cream shop wasn't open. So we did the next best thing, which is get gas station ice cream. Uh, on the way home, popped in and got uh, got some uh, ice cream treats at the gas station, and it was uh, popsicles or ice cream treats. Uh, that's a great question. Um, Lila went with the chip witch. Uh, oh, good girl. Sam had the ice cream, uh, SpongeBob ice cream, and uh, Charlie uh, didn't make good choices, so he he only got a lollipop. So he couldn't not get some kind of treat, but he. Like, or he would have, there would have been a mutiny, but I couldn't, in good conscience as a parent, I couldn't reward the behavior with ice cream because he made poor choices. So he got a lollipop. But you know what? He didn't give a because now he gets up every morning before everybody and he used to just go wandering from room to room. And now he realized no one's watching me. So he goes down, gets on the stepladder and eats a dum dum lollipops. He is an absolute wagon. I love that guy. <laughs> Next okay. question. Okay. How do you feel about accepting a challenge? Blind, not good. Can you get on the internet on your Xbox? Mm, yes. Okay. I think I think, I think I, we. I, I think I can. We have a we have a text chain with with Coach Duggerton, and uh, I feel like it's it's getting to the point where I think the people need to see you play Coach Duggerton. What do you think? I mean. It's it's his bit, like his bit. Is, Understood. Is, is, Understood. Is is, is is I'm not trying to encroach on the bit. I I'm 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 happy to play him like in a secret scrimmage. 
I'll, I'll, I'll secret scrimmage him. I mean, all he runs is that one play. I mean, all, you know, <laughs> you go, what are you going to do? You just going to roll right and, and send that uh, send your running back out? Your running back that you obviously juiced up the, the, all of the uh, all of his point deals. Come on, these guys are running at warp speed. I think we all understand you juiced your guys. It's okay. I'm not judging you on that. But you know, I mean, okay, cool. You're going to run that shark play action shark or whatever the hell it is. Roll right and send him out there. You know, I mean, we got to figure out a way to do something good for the people. Maybe we could raise some money somehow, some way. No, that's people no, that's will definitely fun. tune that's in to watch fun. that. Yeah. That's Loser fun. has to do I, something. That, 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 oh, no, we got to get that done. Okay. Well, l- listen, again, that's, that is his shtick. It is remarkable. They're, we're all in the content business. They've created this phenomenon on the Internet, which, as we've covered here on the show, yep. uh, led to you and I both going, God, I love that game. So we started playing it ourselves. I now I now uh, am back at the alma mater. Got the, got the offer to, to go back to College Park. Got Stanford, Steve, uh, but we're redshirting you, and you're probably gonna you're probably gonna leave in the off season. That's probably a Bad. probably a mistake. Probably a mistake. Um, but uh, we're number one in the country. No big deal. Uh, no big deal. No. Big All right. Deal. That was it. That's what I got. Yeah, that's three. Shot on the spot. Sponsored by DraftKings. DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at over one million dollars in prizes. Download the DraftKings app and enter code SVP at sign up. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. That'll do it. Little uh, uh, putt putt. I mean, Steve trying to broker an online challenge with the coach Dugs. I think we should and, do it. Uh, John Carlson. We appreciate his time as he and the NHL are. Going to work their way back to the ice, hopefully this summer. But man, can you've lived the two a day life? It sounds like these dudes who can't like in, in the Maryland D.C. area, everything's closed. Like he he makes his living skating, and he cannot do it for for two months. Like think how much that will suck that first time they're back there on the ice. They the problem is they know how much it's going to suck. Oh yeah, you could hear it. You could hear the dread. We asked him off air about like in in you know in basketball you call them gut drills or suicides in hockey. He said they call them mountains, red line, mm-hmm. blue line, that whole bit. I mean, and there's just there's no avoiding it. Like the only way to to get ready is to do it all. And yeah, you know they got a lot of work to do. But you know the rest of us are just sitting around going, nah, nah, go leave your families, go to a hub and entertain us, go play go play sports. So me and Stanford Steve and all his new friends in D.C. they can get together and watch it together while I'm. <laughs> Sitting there in my house by myself and don't even know what's going on. <laughs> the way things go, man. Just remember to have as much fun as humanly possible. All right. Be good, people. Stay safe.